Hello, everybody. Welcome to session number seven of the Bebop Rewatch podcast from Wulong Talks. Hi, my name's Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know. And today we've got a very special guest joining us. But first of all, let me introduce the Russian kid, Rich Kid, in the house, as always. Rich Kid, what's up? What's up? What's up? Cool, man. And our special guest joining us, you would have heard him before on our previous Wulong Talks podcast, and we're delighted to have him back again. It's scriptwriter, filmmaker, horror movie fan, anime fan, cowboy bebop fan, Mr. Jed Shepard. Jed, what's up, man? Ooh, yeah, all good, lads. Nice to speak to you again. Good seeing yeah, you. Man. I saw Richard the other day in the street, but besides that, good to see you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring the fourth wall, Jed. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was just I was off to see Venom and uh then just Richard appears beside me like like he's like in from my mind or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> but the thing is, I said to God we were having actually we we're actually having a conversation on our WhatsApp group as well, right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Did he pop on your shoulder like Venom and go, it Eddie? Eddie. Like, Eddie. Don't watch it. Whatever you do, don't watch it. <laughs> I didn't say that. I popped up on his shoulder, I went, Jed. Get naked and run down the street. <laughs> oh man, that is the plot of Venom, basically. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I read on um, Twitter somebody tweeted out, "I want to meet the the committee of ten year olds high on coke, Coca Cola, and, and sherbet <laughs> that wrote Venom." Because that seems like it was a fun place to be. Yeah, but you know what? Tom Hardy seemed to have a good time. Uh, I'm one of the few people I actually didn't mind the film at all. I actually say I enjoyed it. It's it's like. 90 minutes is fun like i'm not going to watch it again i don't have to watch it again but it, to me it's better than ant-man and the wasp Ant-Man mm. and the wasp was just dragged a little bit for me but venom was just oh, like yeah, stupid well, fun yeah. i haven't seen venom yet but i've seen yeah. ant-man and the wasp and mm-hmm. ant-man and the wasp isn't better than ant-man but yeah. from what i've heard about wow you're talking big talks bro <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, honestly, <laughs> like there are a few of us out there i see on twitter and I, and I always like them when they say like venom was better than people think it is and i genuinely think venom had the disservice of like straight away everyone was like oh it's rubbish it's rubbish rubbish even before it came out everyone was saying don't watch it it's going to be rubbish everyone was taking the piss out of the trailer about how the kind of tone of it yeah, well, the trailers were shit, to be fair. But, yeah. I mean, um, they, they were terrible trailers. I don't know who they hired to cut those. But it's fun. It, but... it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. If you know anything about Venom, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But I'm just up for, like, Tom Hardy just just going around, like, killing people and eating people and, and driving cars and just, like, killing people, basically. And it's, <laughs> it's good. And just interacting with, like, old Chinese ladies and, you know... His next door neighbors like playing loud music, and he bangs on his door. And he does the venom face, and his next door neighbor goes, "Okay, cool man, I'll turn the music down." That kind of stuff. It's good. Mm. On to me. Cool. Well, we can argue about venom another day because yeah, yeah. Um, right now we're here to talk about the greatest anime show ever made, Cowboy Bebop. Don't uh, at me, people. You know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's now, true. Um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, uh, what we do here is we go by the episodes, um, episode by episode or session by session, as they're referred to on Cowboy Bebop. And we talk a little bit about what happened in the episode we watched and the things that stood out to us. And then we go through a little bit of trivia at the end as well. Um, and with Jed being a professional filmmaker, we'll be very interested to hear his take on a lot of um, the things that happen in, in this episode as well. Mm. Um, but yeah. Start. Yeah, sure. 
how come you guys give me the worst episode? I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, it's funny. I, I sat down and I watched this episode and I was like, yeah, this wasn't really the best one to get Jed on. To be honest, no, no, to be it's, cool. it's cool. Like, it, it's, it's cool. Listeners, the episode's fun. It, it, it's yeah. a fun episode. There, there's definitely fun I had with it. But given kind of like, especially the last two sessions that me and Richard uh, covered, session mm-hmm. five and six, where yeah. it's really meaty, um, you know, there's just a lot to talk about, whereas with this one, there isn't a huge amount to talk about, really. But you know what? We'll try and make it as entertaining as we can, listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've got stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, Rich, what did you make of Heavy Metal Queen Session 7? Um, it's still a good session, like we said. It's still the, it's just still the best anime. You know what? I, I literally just had, like, the, the worst feeling ever. Are we going to get to, like, episodes... 20 let's say episode 24 right uh-huh. and look back on the see and this whole thing and then after we've had these extensive yes be like hey you know what maybe kaibop maybe Kaibop will be but wasn't as great as we thought it was like there was this episode that was boring that episode that was this and um hopefully that's not the case well you know what? it hasn't been like that for the you know past it's, it's, 20 years it's it's only true if we say it's true. So yeah. as long as we deny it, then that's yeah. fine. <laughs> and if anybody else says it, we'll find you and we'll kill you. <laughs> so, um, th- this episode, once again, is um, it- it's a filament episode. Mm. That, that, so um, like, like I said, and the thing about filament episodes is that, it, I mean, they're, en- they're only as entertaining as they are on, you know, on the length amount of time that, that they are on your screen. Like th- there's nothing that, that basically, let's put it this way, like, you know, you don't have to watch this episode to continue with the rest of the season. You know, this is just for the love of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I, you know, I have to admit, it, it was entertaining. You did see a few differences in the portrayals of certain characters. I mean, to be fair, the only portrayal that you, you, the only different side you saw was of Spike. And that was only slight, like a slight difference in Spike. And that was him. He's, he's been a bit more of a, like a ladies man as compared to like the other episodes that he's been in and being a bit more charming. Um, but I didn't, you didn't really learn anything new. I mean, you saw, I mean, there was a bit of an expansion on the actual universe of Cowboy Bebop. That was a bit interesting. Yeah, um, that, yeah, yeah, yeah th- I think that, that, was, that was probably the most interesting thing. So, um, but yeah, like I said, it, it's just a filler in episode. Um, mm. So, yeah. But yeah, um, let's dive into it, boys. Uh, so we, we get into session seven with um, a whole heap of, of heavy metal, as the title of the episode says. Um, and we get like this kind of introduction shot with um, what looks like a really long uh, space vehicle, some kind of transport vehicle. I, um, I, I kind of thought it looked like the bow of, of a guitar almost. I yeah. don't know if you've got that. You guys got that as well, yeah. I think yeah, that's what I got. You're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, it kind of looks like it in terms of the the color scheme and the way it's shaped and, and things like that. So I'm assuming that was a, a deliberate thing that the animators did. Yeah, um, yeah. But we find out that this is an interstellar truck um, that that carries these various shipments around the the galaxy in which Cowboy Bebop exists. Um, and we're introduced to this trucker named VT. Uh, who and along with her uh, pet cat zeros as well, um, and they pull up into a truck stop, um, and one of the the people in the truck stop has this kind of bet that, or, or this long-standing kind of bet that he takes up where he tries to guess what VT's real name is, um, and part of the process is you know 
BT pulls out this whack of money, puts it on the table. This person takes out a, a bill and is like, yeah, I think your name is X, Y, Z. Um, and then they usually get it wrong. She keeps the money and, and adds it to her stack. And because the stack is so big, obviously she's, this is something that's been going on for, for quite a while. So, so yeah. this tries to guess and gets it wrong. So well, go, I was going to say, like, did you guys like know straight away that this was a girl? Not at first, I didn't, but it it, it took a, a couple of minutes before I realized, oh, yeah, that's a woman. But I know you did straight away, Rich. Yeah, because yeah, well, we had this conversation the other day. Sorry, yeah. sorry Jed, carry on. I was going to say, like, because I think you're meant to, the, the viewer's meant to think, this is a man, this is a trucker, it's a man. Mm. Um, and then, because it's like a hat and like the way he dresses. And then you hear the voice, and you're like, um, "Is it is it a, is it a woman, or is it like an effeminate man?" Because these animes, you could mm. have effeminate men all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and then you see the cat, and you go, "Okay, I'm not sure here. I'm confused." <laughs> <laughs> but like, because I saw like uh, like I read one review of this where the guy was like, he was completely blasé to the fact that it was a woman, and he he thought it was a gay man. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Hang on, am I am I getting this all wrong? Is it actually a gay man, but or like some kind of like trans person? Um, mm. But it's, it's a woman, right? It's a, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It okay. is a woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it, it's quite interesting. It's quite um, subversive because normally, as, as as you said, Jed, with animes, it's you know the gender boundaries are, are fairly clear, yeah. um, and even when you do have transgender characters, they're they're normally." Um, uh, drawn a certain way to to kind of uh, suggest that that they are female or yeah. you know or female identifying, but um, in VT's case, you know, it, she just does not look like a traditional anime woman from the from the way mm. they've decided to, you know, design the character, dress the character, and the way that she, as you said she speaks because her voice is quite deep and sort of rasping as well. Because I thought that um, was why she. <clears throat> because of that bet, everyone was saying like male names because they thought she was men, but she was dressing up to almost kind of like play that game a bit more so people won't know, won't guess women's names. Mm. I was thinking it was tied into the bet, maybe. Mm. <clears throat> but, well, well, this whole episode is, um, I mean, it, it is, well, I mean, just watch it. It is a bit of like, it just, one of the central, one of the themes about it is, is just about mistaken identity or how people are portrayed. Yeah, you're right, but, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because cause you look at like, you, I mean, you look at VT and then you look at like, you know, uh, then you look at how, like, because Faye, even though Faye doesn't have a large, I mean, in fact, Faye does have quite a large part in this episode. But then you look at how Faye, but you look at how Faye is, and mm. then the other female person that you get in this in this episode is like, you know, what's her name? I've forgotten her name. Ah, oh, not L'Oreal. <coughs> the the, but, you the, know, the, the the barmaid. So like the way how the barmaid mm. is. Mm. So so you've got, so you've got three different iterations of how women are portrayed mm-hmm. uh, in this place. And then you also get like you know the side episode of them chasing a bounty and there's mistaken identity there. Where Faye, where, yeah, where Faye goes to the guy and he's just like all beefy and everything, and then yeah. the tattoo that he loves is like some cuddly tattoo where she looks at the whole thing. It's an eel. And then you've got said, like, I love eels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love, I love <laughs> eels. It's a brilliant line, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I did crack up. I cracked up. <laughs> you know, and then 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 you find out that the person that you're chasing is somebody who's completely different looking, who would who you wouldn't imagine to be like a criminal. Yeah. So that is like a bit of a, a like an underlining theme in this yeah, episode, right. whereas like yeah. what you see isn't what you get. And and, and and like literally just talking about it with you guys. And to be fair, when I was watching it, it did kind of just pop into my head, and I was like, oh. All right, and and I'm, or not just that, but the same thing where when she's when VT is talking to Spike when they first meet, 
mm-hmm. and he tries to put in this whole thing that you know of what he is then she finds out you know what his profession is so is so this episode just seems to be about like you know what you think you know and what you eventually find out isn't necessarily going to be the same thing whether yeah. you're told it or whether you see it and um yeah that's just that was just that was just a brain fart there guys yeah no it's good but do, do you think um when spike realizes that vt doesn't like uh doesn't like bounty hunters the whole rest of the episode is him trying to prove to to her that bounty hunters are actually all right um because when that when that fight happens when those like space mexicans in the in the in the cafe in the diner start yeah. like harassing that girl like vt is straight in there but like mm. spike is just like being a, t- a typical stereotypical bounty hunter and just like he's just leaving it he's just like happy to have his his raw egg and then it's only <laughs> it's only when his egg spills on his crotch which is mm. weird um that then he starts to get involved so he's not getting involved because a woman's getting getting molested he's getting involved yeah. because egg was on his on his uh, trousers, um, mm. and that mm-hmm. kind of plays up to what VT thinks about bounty hunters. Like they're just they're not great. Mm. Um, yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I think like after that, and when she runs, when she runs her mouth to him and gives her her opinion, and then he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And then it does. You're right. It does become, kind of become a thing of like we're not all the same. Yeah. But um, I mean, if you, but if you think about it as well, like there is, there, there is a spike tends to have a certain amount of respect to people that are older than him that mm-hmm. like and 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 this and the way how he then basically starts to approach vt where uh it also reminds me of the relationship that he has with um now i forgot her name from the other episode um oh i know you're talking about um yeah uh the russian um yeah and she owns the uh the the, the little the little stall corner shop doesn't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. it. Annie, is it Annie or something like Annie, that? Yes, it is. As Annie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Annie. Yeah. So, it, so it, once again, it kind of reminds me of that type of relationship that he has with 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 people that are older than him, or or let's say like a, a, a lady that's older than him. There's a certain amount of respect that he has, and and also, I mean, just maybe maybe sticking to the character and the situation that the character's in. Remember, Spike is coming off a hangover as well. <laughs> yeah. So maybe yeah. So maybe he's got he's got this whole thing of like li- like I mean in the toilet he's going like I don't particularly want to be in this job. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- like I'm, I'm hanging like I think he says like his ass his head is hanging out his ass or something like, <laughs> something ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah. So maybe at that point when he realizes and then he gets into the into the into the fight and he's like shit yeah I really got to do the right thing and then and then there's also the thing of like he has to prove her wrong. Because he's been he's been raised the right way. She smashes um, up those Mexicans and like <laughs> some of his moves like unbelievable. Like <laughs> the classic kind of thing where the bad guys they wait one by one and they they just fight one by one. They're, none of them rush him and they just stand on <laughs> the line so they can do like one like like high kick and just like sweep all of their heads in in a row. <laughs> these bad yeah, guys never learn free stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I mean, we should probably set the scene because we've gone ahead a little bit. So we should yeah, probably yeah. set the scene a little bit for the listeners. So um, at this point in in the story, um, VT has uh, successfully taken this person's money and has, has stopped at this diner um, on a planet. Again, we're not clear on exactly what planet they've stopped on because with Cowboy people, they don't necessarily name every planet that they're on at mm-hmm certain points so you're not sure which one it is but um anyway they've stopped at this diner and, and vt is um there at, at the bar and 
as the guy said, there are these bounty hunters there who are acting really aggressively. And, and VT complains, I think, to the dining road, you know, you know, what are all these muscle heads doing here or something like that? Um, and apparently they're all chasing this this big bounty. Um, and then, as the guys said, you know, this fight breaks out um, while Spike is in the diner, um, you know, and, and Spike and VT take out a, a bunch of these guys. Um, and then uh, Spike attempts to to have a guess at VT's name after that happens as well. Um, and he gets it wrong. So his money goes in there. Well, no, he doesn't actually. Um, he doesn't actually give the money down, does he? Because then yeah. um, she finds out that he's a bounty hunter because Faye, I think, calls Spike um, whilst he's doing that uh, and talks about a bounty on the conversation. Um, and at this point is where the truth comes out about Spike being a bounty hunter. And that's where VT kind of lets everybody know what she thinks about bounty hunters. Mm -hmm. um, and then we kind of cut from there to Faye, who, uh, as Rich said earlier, is staking out this this restaurant um, called, I think, Woody's or something like Woody, that. Woody, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, they're, they're there for this target of of, De uh, of a person called Decker, as, as Jed pointed out earlier. Um, De Decker has a, a really large bounty on his head, um, and Faye knows that he has a dragon tattoo um, on his chest, so she's looking out for this person. Um she ends up, as they said, in quite a funny scene, getting completely the wrong guy who has a tattoo of an eel. And I think the eel's smiley face is almost looks a bit like, um, what's that character from SpongeBob? Uh, God, is it Squidward? No, not Squidward. I'm thinking of, uh, oh, I can't remember uh, now. But it, it's it's almost, the, the face is almost exactly the same as this SpongeBob, SpongeBob character. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean, the... You know who I mean, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's not Squidward. It's um, and it's not Patrick, and it's not SpongeBob. But there's another one there who's got almost exactly the same face as this eel tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that the guy that runs the the bad guy? The little, the little. I think it's yeah. Is it the guy who runs the the um, opposing patty patty shop? Yeah, I think it might be the the, the opposing patty shop. That yeah. yeah. I think it might be him. I, I can't remember his name. Listeners, you'll you'll know who he is. Yeah. But um, yeah, basically, he's got this this stupid eel tattoo on his chest. And um, yeah, fun. as I said in the funny, you know, the funny line is um, Faye asks him why is he got this tattoo, and he's like, "I really like eels," um, which again kind of ties into one of the earlier episodes, Rich, that we were talking about. Remember with the um, with uh, the the rare eels that people were eating with the eco terrorists. Mm. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it kind of goes in with that. Anyway, there's a whole um, chase sequence as, as Faye realizes her mistake, and the real Decker tries to escape. Um, she gives chase, but he throws um, like a vial. It's like a vial almost, right? That, yeah, that yeah. He throws at her and... stink, kind of a stinger bomb that used to like. Yeah, yeah. That's what. It, funny enough, that's exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah. It looked like a school stink bomb. <laughs> yeah, it did. So he throws this thing and it explodes and um, that allows him to, to make his, his getaway. Um, and then meanwhile, Spike comes out and finds that his, um, the swordfish has been uh, completely wrecked by the, the bounty hunters that he helped to beat up. Um, and just messed yeah. Up. yeah, yeah, they've, they've proper done a number. And um, that's when uh, the waitress there, yeah, you're right, Richard, her name's Muriel. Um, the the waitress who who comes out, Muriel comes out and says, "Oh yeah, yeah, I I, I saw them do it." <laughs> like, and he's like, "Why didn't you tell me?" And she's like, "I'm telling you tell now." You now. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> and I thought that was just hilarious to be honest. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> it's always that kind of silly humor that that gets to me to be yeah. honest. So yeah, <laughs> it's the most obvious thing in the world because it's the look on her face as well. Like, yeah. like, what do you mean? I didn't tell you. I am telling you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> what, what could you be possibly talking about? But did, did you guys was I was watching out like this? This sounds weird. Mm. I was like thinking about like, he just had egg on his crotch. Like yeah, like, <laughs> no, you can't spend such little time in the toilet and get all the egg out. It will mm. look like he's done something in his pants. And I was looking out. He <laughs> walked outside. It looked clean, like the brand new trousers. Mm. So that kind of took me out of the episode a little bit. That is, um, his trousers weren't weren't uh, soiled. Yeah, not not okay, great, conti- but... not not great continuity there by them. I'll I, I tell you what I did like. I don't yeah. know if you guys noticed, but like, and like you know, like we keep on saying to to you know any guys or anybody or you listeners who listen to us, um, the thing about Bebop is there's usually loads of things happening in the background. Yeah. Did you notice about where um Faye is um basically staking this bounty? Did you did you realize what type of restaurant she was in? It was like a it was a kid kiddies restaurant like a child- it, it, it was. A- Yes, yeah, it's, it's a kiddie's child restaurant, but, but basically it's a, it's a blatant ripoff of like Mickey and Minnie Mouse, like a Disney oh, place. And, oh, and then, oh, right. and, yeah, and, and I think the name, I'm not even joking, I think the name is called like Marky and Manny or something, something <laughs> Manny. <laughs> and you see, and you see, like, you see people in costumes serving dinner. Yeah, and, and they've just got like this big round mouse face. It just looks so bait. <laughs> like, that's, that's the cowboy people thing. They they yeah, take yeah. something and change the name a little and bit. They change the name a little yeah. bit to avoid the lawsuit. Yeah, because yeah, did you see like when when um when he was having that uh, those eggs like above him there was a, a bottle of um uh, gin. And yes, it's, it's called boo- boo- Boofita. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that as well. I was, I was cracking up at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, they were um, wise enough to know that they 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 didn't have the money to fight the <laughs> the yeah. copyright lawsuits that, that were coming their way. So it's like you know, let's just change a couple of these letters around. <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> no one will know. They know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So um, so at that point in the story, the um, we with both Faye and Spike's uh, sort of sub vehicles wrecked. Um, they rely on VT to to give them a lift uh, back to the Bebop, um, and they get a lift from there. Um, after she kind of drops them off, uh, she gets a call from uh, VT. This is gets a call from um, the same dude that she was talking to earlier in um, the episode, uh, yeah. who says that there's a crazy driver out there who's who's smashing into um, who smashed into his rig, um, and so she asks for help to to kind of track down the this rig driver now the um what i liked uh, about this section was kind of the 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 play on trucking culture in america because um i don't really know a lot about kind of trucking culture but what i do know of it is that they have this very specific community where they all kind of have their own um code names and you know every truck kind of has its own specific look and feel and Mm. is based on the personality of, of of that truck owner um, and I loved what they did with the ships here because each of the ships kind of had a different theme as well. And every driver had like a crazy code name, like Love Machine and and Sneaky Snake. One guy was called Sneaky Snake. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, there was just all kind of <laughs> <laughs> like man names up in there. And I, I really film? enjoyed that. Do you remember that film that, um, who was it again? It was uh, Flipping Paul Walker. That film? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, I know you took it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, horror about truckers. This kind of reminded me of it a little bit. 
yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you know, actually. So, so some of those truckers, they look like they were about that life. There was one, <laughs> he was mad skinny. He was mad skinny, had a vest on. But in the background, there was like, you know, you can get that like belt of bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just draped around this around this <laughs> seat. I was like, what, did, what are you What are you taking around? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, I once yeah. went to an Uber and a, and a guy put a gun on the seat, like it, like in, in front of me. Hold on, where was the, where was this? This was in Utah, in in America. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, like, that's that's, that's normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I drove from the airport and I had to drive into the mountains to go to this like film festival thing, and like because we were all alone in middle of nowhere, like I could have like I could have easily like, killed him or something. And he heard my accent. And he must have thought like oh, this guy is not from around here. And he took his gun from like it was like underneath his seat and put it on the seat next to him. And I was just like, mm. is that a gun? And he was like, yep. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's just strange. I, just I, love, how, I, I love how, the, like, in a country where people get shot all the time by yeah. other Americans, he thought you were the threat in yeah. this situation. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, you were. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, this unarmed English guy, yeah, he could be dangerous. Let me put my gun on the seat. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was doing this just to, just to let me know it's there or just, oh, I don't know. Hold on, Jed, did, did, did he just say that he, put, he took his gun out and he left it on the chair and yeah. you could have killed him? It was on the chair, like to his left. So I was in the back. I was in the back. Yeah, so and, and you and you and you and yeah. you just said that you could have killed him. Let me tell you something. This this is just, this is just me as an outsider. Yeah? yeah, I think he put that gun in a chair, and <laughs> you were thinking, you were thinking, yeah, I could have just jumped in the front and taken that gun and just shot him. I think he was driving that car again. I wish a motherfucker would. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he just kind of set the tone. He was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like uh, there's more to that story but I have to tell you when we're not being recorded oh wow okay <laughs> fair enough yeah, yeah fair enough <laughs> so um, anyway the the um, the truckers all you know VT radios into all of these these uh, intergalactic truckers and they all agree to help her um, keep an eye out um, so they're going to look out for uh, this truck which it turns out is Decker's truck um, which has this specific painting on the outside apparently um According to the story, it's a painting of a goddess. I, don't, I didn't get the chance to look up what, what kind of goddess it yeah. is, but um, that's what they were referring to it in, in um, the episode anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so she manages to find uh, Decker's truck and uh, she gives pursuit to him, but he goes into like these old uh, mining kind of asteroids, I guess they, they yeah. were. I mean, I'm not sure how you guys would describe it, but... I'm, yeah, just like my, my yeah. yeah. Space mines. Yeah, but yeah, I guess like an asteroid mine of, of, of some kind. Um, she then, uh, VT, that is, contacts Spike, um, and he warns her straight away that, like, you know, it's, it's dangerous in there, and um, that VT, uh, the, sorry, Decker is apparently carrying these explosives, um, this experimental explosive in his, um, in his cargo, which I think he stole, which is the reason why he's he's kind of on the run anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently this stuff is extremely volatile. So um, Spike and Faye kind of duck out of the, the bebop, even though Jet hasn't really had the chance to finish the uh, repairs on their ships, and he pretty much says as much. And um, this scene makes me laugh so much because it's like, not because there's anything specifically funny about the interactions as such, but more just because... Jet just seems to be like as these episodes have gone on, Rich. More and more, he just seems to be the ship's mummy. 
and he's the one who kind of like is always yeah. the one they go to like with with holes in things like going to jet fix it fix it fix it and it's jet who has to do all of that <laughs> yeah, it was and then in the meantime he he has to he has to lecture them about you know like doing the right thing and this and that and the other and it, yeah. it always that uh, kind of kind of makes me laugh sorry jed you were saying Oh no! I was just saying, Jet was rubbish in this episode. He yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he, he always gets gonna, yeah. He, he gets yeah. relegated every so often to the mummy role, and it's yeah. just they don't really do anything with him. He's just kind of there, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think he's wasted in a lot of Cowboy Bebop episodes because I think he he's got like a decent story, and there's, there are a few episodes that are like about him. Mm. But this is just he's missing. There was no need for him to be in this at all. Zero need. They were. They were. Oh, how can we put him in? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get the spaceship smashed up a bit so he can fix it. Mm. Yeah. No, he was, he was kind of wasted. Yeah, yeah. He was a little bit. He was, and and so was Ein. To be honest, I was like, because yeah. I love Ein. But it's like <laughs> he was literally just there. I think to to look at his food bowl, <laughs> and that was about it. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not sure kind of what the thinking was behind the the scenes there, but but anyway, that's what we got. Um, so yeah, Spike and and Faye head out to meet up with VT and to try and help her in the mines with Decker. Um, now they get stuck inside uh, the mines at a certain point, um, and basically they come up with this plan to use one of the explosives in um, Decker's rig to to kind of blow a hole through the front of the, of the mine. I think it is from what I remember. Yeah, something like um, that. Yeah, something like that. Um, so there's this this kind of set piece where they're they're trying to um, kind of get this liquid out while it's still volatile. Um, and there was a slightly funny bit that I found kind of funny where um, Faye was trying to get one of the these large sort of container capsules off of Decker's ship. Um, and, you know, the only thing that works on her ship at the moment is these these kind of pincers that she has on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Spike says, so, you know, oh, be careful with, of, um, you know, these containers are really volatile and so on and so forth. She's like, yeah. And then VT's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? We can die. Uh, we could all, we'd, all that would happen is we'd die. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and, and Faye's like, yeah, that's really helpful. Thanks for that. <laughs> and um, Faye immediately kind of puts the, the pincer into um, like a unit in between the two uh, capsules. Mm-hmm. Um, and straight away Spike is like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's like the protective capsule. So literally she's burst the, the one thing that was keeping these two chemicals separate from each other. And she kind of makes a face at the camera. And I, I thought that was quite funny and quite well done yeah. um, in the way they pulled that one off. Um, then eventually, uh, basically, Spike has this idea to set up um, his pod inside of the swordfish um, and to put it into autopilot mode and to send the explosive from there to the edge of the mine and blow the mine up and, and then... They get out that way. Um, so they they manage to, to do that part. Spike flies out of, of his pod. His um, famous is Yeah. <laughs> his famous, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, I that. Like that. That was beautiful. Like yeah. it's, it's these moments in, in Cowboy Bebop that reminds you why everyone loves this and why everyone thinks this is the best uh, animation like of all time. Because stuff like this, you don't see this shit in other things. He just like mm. holds his breath and he's like without hesitation. It's just him proving again that he's like more than just a bounty hunter. He's trying to save people's lives. And he just goes out of his spacecraft, he just flies away, 
and then oh man, this was it's so good. I'd love to see like a, a movie version of this. And then he, he flies the spaceship. He almost gets there, and he kind of flies back. And then he uses his guns as as the like best. to propel mm. himself back. <laughs> I was like, Spike is the man. Like, if we, if we didn't think so yeah. before. Now we know Spike is the man. He's doing <laughs> stuff like flipping gods could do, like real superheroes could do. And it kind of made me think, hang on, hang on, like, how did Spike know he could do this? Like, what, what's the story here? Mm, mm, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, when it did does. you have to do this before? <laughs> it, it, yeah, no, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. It does. It leaves you with, like, more questions about about spike and yeah, yeah um you know as we've kind of discussed in some of the previous episodes that we've done with cowboy bebop it, it kind of you know it drip feeds you information about these characters mm-hmm. so little by little it will expose a little bit more about who they are but you'll never get like too much exposition or too much kind of oh yeah i learned to do this when i was back back when i was doing you know xyz yeah, yeah. or when i was you know it never kind of pans out that way with cowboy bebop and and you know with some of the better anime series that i've seen it's they're they're very careful not to give you too much at once they they want you to kind of invest in the story and Mm -hmm. then as you invest in it they'll keep revealing you know layer after layer after layer until yeah you get there and um with spike i mean even in the last episode we saw um uh, you know, we were talking about in, in Sympathy for the Devil that begins with this dream sequence of Spike being operated on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to this point, we don't know why he was being operated on or, or what they were doing um, in, at this point in the story. So for all we know, there's something that's, you know, medically been done to Spike to to make him slightly different towards than, than other average human beings. We don't know, yeah. um, as said at this point. But, you know, scenes like that, as you said, you know, show the the brilliance of the show because they're they're seeding you know these these little things in in your mind and getting you thinking about you know where the, the characters are going and things like that. Um, so yes, yeah, Spike just about makes it into uh, VT's ship, um, and the plan goes to success, and and they blow a hole uh, through the outside of uh, through the inside, sorry, of of this mine, and they're able to to make it out. Um, and then as they kind of go out from there, the, 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 the mine is collapsing um, and they go into weightlessness again inside of uh, VT's rig. Um, and whilst they're in weightlessness, uh, this pendant kind of floats ac- across the screen, which, yeah. which Spike sees. Um, and basically the, the pendant reveals um, VT's real name, which is, um, uh, I can't remember now. Victoria. <laughs> Victoria, Victoria Terpiscore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wife of Ural Terpiscor, the bounty hunter. Exactly. Yeah. So it turns out he's like a legendary bounty hunter, and that's the reason. Um, well, it's not the reason why she doesn't like bounty hunters. The reason why she doesn't like them is because he's dead, and we presume he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. You know, doing his job, or he was doing something, and and um, or you know, chasing a bounty that that didn't go too well for him. Um, but anyway, the episode kind of ends on on a light note with um, Spike revealing that he knows her name, and then uh, VT then giving a few more details about what happened to Uro um, all those years ago. Um, and you know, she then says, "Well, you know, you've guessed correctly, so you might as well take the money." Um, but Spike only takes his bill out, or he takes one bill out, and he says to give the rest to Uro because he'll he'll use it for a drink up in heaven. Um, I thought it was savage. 
I was like, all right, mate, don't rub it in. The husband's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, husband. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny because we've we've talked as, as said since we've been kind of doing this this podcast. Um, you know, Spike's kind of his nihilism borders on 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 it borders on almost sociopathic to the point yeah. where like he doesn't <laughs> seem to. You know, this is what I find so fascinating about him. It's it's like at certain points in Cowboy Bebop, he seems to know exactly the right thing to say to a person. Mm -hmm. And then at other times, he's so blunt. It's like, what the fuck, Spike? Like, you're being a dick, man. Like, you you don't have to do that, you know? Like, you could have dealt with that situation differently. But because he's just so... He, he has um, such a bleakness to him and a bleakness in his outlook on life in, in some ways, it's almost like he just can't... He can't see how to relate to, to certain people. Yeah, so yeah. he just kind of... Mm. So the only thing he can do is tell the truth, which is, you know, however <clears throat> brutal or blunt that may be. Um, mm -hmm. And then he, you know, he he tells you the truth and then he leaves you to deal with it. And, and that's it. Yeah. Um, the, the, I'll tell you, the, yeah. I'll tell you the thing that I like, the, the thing that I like about this episode as well is with VT and Spike. The thing is, they're just cut from the same cloth. Like, have you seen, like, you know, when they're, they're actually in the asteroid and Faye has to go get the explosive and all of that stuff, and like, yeah. they're just casual. Spike's just in a sword fish, she's just chilling. VT's, she's got her legs kicked up and she's got her hands behind her head. And, and I like that they have that thing in common after they got off, like, you know, they start off with, like, you know, come, like the shaky ground and whatnot. Yeah, Even yeah. down to the bit where they haven't met each other, but yet there's something that you just know that, okay, well, it kind of like alludes that there's something about her. That's just not out of the ordinary, apart from the fact that she's like stupidly respected. Yeah. But that bit when he jumps out of the swordfish and he does the whole acrobatic stuff, mm -hmm. it's like any like any normal person would be like, "What the hell is he doing? Yeah, what 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 what? We're gonna actually just automatically just opens the door, yeah. then grabs his hand and then does the thing, mm -hmm. and you're just like, she's a badass, <laughs> he's a badass, yeah, and they're both just badasses yeah, together. Huh? <laughs> like, and I just love that that thing that they just they just know, yeah, and it's almost like they even flow even better than. Let's say I can imagine Spike and let's say, you know, Faye working together. Whereas, like, you know, in that same instance, like Faye's freaking out and she's just doing this whole thing. And these guys are just like, well, this is this is just Tuesday. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> say, for example, like, like, like you two, if like, if like Jason's in the, like, coming out of a spaceship and you're like, and you open up the, 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 the door or they're waiting for him. You wouldn't be like all like calm. You'd be like, bloody hell, mate! Come on, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? We didn't discuss this. <laughs> like, no agenda. Like, it's not gonna work. <laughs> but she's just like la 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 la. This is gonna be fine. Um, <laughs> but like, do you guys? So like that kind of reveal with the with the with the locket. Do you guys mm. see that? That kind of proves to me a little bit that the whole time the audience is meant to think that she's the guy, and that's meant to be the mic drop moment where you're just like, oh, okay. Or do you think that, that everyone knew she was a woman anyway? I don't know, because the, the funny thing is, um, I'm just uh, headed over now to Bebopopedia listeners, um, which is, as you know, is our regular source for all the trivia behind episodes. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great site. You should definitely check it out. Um, and on Bebopopedia, apparently the, uh, the fellow trucker is called Otto, and mm -hmm. his first guess at her name is Val Tamania. Um, which seems more a feminine name than a masculine yeah, name. True, yeah. So I'm assuming it means that, that everybody is just kind of aware that she's a woman. So right. maybe that was just kind of how we 
interpreted her, her character when she first appeared and um you know that's why we had that the, that confusion there but but yeah it seems like everybody else in in the universe of, of cowboy bebop is aware that she's a woman so so i think yeah, maybe because they, yeah, they say like that's it because they all they all say women's name don't they that's it no yes. one no one said yeah yeah because yeah, even because yeah. even like the three the three old guys who i'm sure mm -hmm. you'll bring up in the thing like yeah 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 they, yeah. yeah they lose their money quick yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah one of them goes like yeah it's it's lynette or something like that yeah. <laughs> or lorraine <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because because MVT's like that doesn't even start with V. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Like, like and like because of, I think they say like Annette or something like Annabelle. Yeah, yeah, it was something. Yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was but funny. There was so much about this episode though. Like I did, I, mean, I know this is almost like a filler episode, but mm. there was still mm. you forget because we take it for granted how beautiful this actual animation is. Like mm, I was, yeah. I was watching. I was like, oh my god, this! I wish we got animation like this now. Like yeah. it just looks so cinematic, and like, you can mm. see they mm. they took time to like put details into the background, and they they really didn't have to. Like there's some scenes with just two characters talking in the background. There's just like a city in the background like you didn't need to animate an entire city like going about their lives you could have just had a brick wall behind them but no you've put a whole city back there and it's that kind of attention to detail that makes this uh cowboy bebop like so rewatchable because you can mm. like, on any given day watch an episode of cowboy bebop and see something in the background that you've never seen before even though you've watched this a ton tons of times like it's so rewarding like they're kind of rewatching. so it's good that you guys are rewatching it because mm. you get that rewarding experience yeah, um, absolutely. Well, the no. thing is, you know, where you're talking about the animation, like, because, like I said, I I rewatched it twice before before we went on. But mm -hmm. my favorite scene, of and the animation, like like you said, like it doesn't, it looks like it doesn't belong in the anime. It looks like it belongs, you know, that like somebody's filming it, like you know, let's just say mm -hmm. Scorsese or, or like a Spielberg. But you yeah, know the yeah. bit where where Spike jumps out of the ship and the first time when he tries to grab VT's hand, yeah, and he misses, mm -hmm. and he starts floating away. And yeah. it shows her face and it shows his face and it shows him going away from the camera. Yeah. yeah. That, there's just something about that scene in general. And I'm just like, that's just fucking amazing. It's just beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, it, like it belongs, like it, it you know, I, I, that scene, that just that frame when he it shows her face and his face and him going away, I'd put mm -hmm. up there with like the first time when you see um, Brody in Jaws. <laughs> and you've got the pull in, pull out thing. Yeah, you know, just yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it just remind, like it just has that impact of like, okay, shit just got real. Yeah. Like yeah. I just love that scene. There's just something called, about it just that just works. It's called a dolly zoom. It's got it's called a dolly zoom. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. I've, I've forgotten. I forgot what it's called. <laughs> when you do that kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Just like but no, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely so right. Yeah, to pick out like the kind of the the cinematic cinematic. Um, kind of detail that, that they take with each of these episodes because it's one of the things that you know me and rich have talked about a lot in in the previous episodes is how much attention to detail yeah. um goes into every scene to make it look like a a, a picture or, or a film frame you know mm -hmm. rather than just an image that you've drawn onto a, a cell or something like that um so yeah i mean that that's definitely one of the things that that makes this series stand apart from from all others really is the way that they invest so much um time and effort into into the small details you know yeah so yeah that that definitely adds it up but let's um dive into some of these homages and references because there's quite yeah. a few in this episode apparently so yeah, um yeah. so i said listeners we're getting this from bebopopedia so make sure you go and check out that website it's really cool
Um, so first things first on here, uh, okay, is that, okay, so when Faye tries to capture Decker by staking him out at the restaurant, she mistakenly identifies him for another man. This man has a tattoo that looks like Decker's dragon tattoo, but he's in fact an eel. When, a point, when Faye points the gun at the man with the eel tattoo, Decker freaks out and runs away. Decker looks strikingly like Woody Allen. And since the restaurant yeah. is is where he's first introduced is called Woody's, mm -hmm. it's probable that this is a homage. He's also named after Rick Deckard from Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I noticed both of those references. Mm. Um, and they want—I guess—they wanted to, to have someone who's the opposite of the big, hunky man with the with the eel tattoo. So they wanted—they th must have thought, okay, who's the most Weasley guy we know? And like, <laughs> Woody yeah. Allen. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is before anyone knew he. Like, yeah, this is anyone, like, yeah, uh, before we knew about the pedophilia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because don't forget, like Woody Allen is besides his film stuff, is also known for his jazz stuff. Mm, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. in, with this and, and like he's he tours being a jazz uh, musician and yeah so I'm sure we're trying to be like knew all about Woody Allen and mm. uh, influenced sure sure um, VT's initials are also the initials for the first woman to ever step foot in space mm. uh, her name was Valentina Tereshkova nice. sorry that's cool um, yeah so that that's probably that that sounds pretty plausible um vt speaks with several truckers who cb handles are love machine sneaky snake and spider mike these are a reference to the cw mccall song convoy as well as the feature film based on the song as is vt's use use of the call sign breaker one nine um now yeah breaker one nine actually yeah when she said that i was like where have i heard that before and and that actually makes sense because i don't know the song but the movie Convoy does sounds like something I've I've seen when I was young and I probably watched on TV. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and I think Breaker One Nine it does actually come from that. So, so yeah, that that does make some sense there. Um, okay, here's an obscure one. Uh, in the episode Heavy Metal Queen, the character of Otto was modelled after the character portrayed by uh, Bonata Sugahara in Takayaro, or AKA Tucker Guys in English, which is a series of 10 films from 1975 to 1979, directed by Norobumi Suzuki. Um, I don't know those movies. Yeah, there's 10 of them as well. About so Tucker Guys, obviously did well. that yeah. is not something I'm going to watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> about Tucker Guys, the Japanese. Nah. Yeah, that's that's a uniquely Japanese um, sensibility. Listen, yeah. listen, the, the closest you're going to get to me watching anything to do with truckers is fucking smoking your bandit. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Uh, one of the bounty hunters in the bar tells VT, I'm tired of you, Blondie, as a reference to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the entire episode in general is a reference to the Deep Purple song Space Trucking, apparently. Um, the name of the legendary bounty hunter mentioned in this ep episode, uh, Terps 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 Score, I think is, is how you pronounce it. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. um, but it is a reference to the muse. Tap score was the muse of dancing. Um, oh, okay. After Spike leaves VT at the bar, you can see a bottle of Boo Feeder. Boo Feeder's <laughs> pin on on you know a spin on the popular Beef Eater gin, which yep. yeah, new. Um, and one brief image in the scene in the background of Heavy Metal Queen's cab is Sata from Satyricon. Uh, right okay that's some old school book or something yeah 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 well apparently it's it, it they're all references to this song by by deep purple i don't know oh, deep okay. purple's music so i, I would 
They did Smoke on the Water. Down, yeah. down, down, down. Oh, yeah. Down. Oh, is that them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a space fucking song. Mm. Down, down, mm. down, down, yeah. down. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Uh, written on the door to the bathroom store that Spike is using while talking to Faye, it reads I wrote a letter to Heinlein once asking him if I could use his ideas. I don't remember which song or book or which song or which book now, but he wrote back to me and said, oh, my God, you're the first person out of thousands who's stolen my ideas, who's written and asked. This quote is from Heavy Metal magazine, August 1984 issue from an interview with Paul Cantona uh, of Jefferson Airplane. Oh, OK. OK. So right. it is from the guy from Jefferson Airplane right into someone called Hyland who asked him to like well, Heinlein, um yeah he's a a, a famous sci-fi author he's the guy who Robert, wrote Robert um, A Starship Troopers yes exactly yeah, yeah. Starship Troopers so this guy from Jefferson Airplane wrote to him to and asked to take his ideas or something for like a yeah. song. right 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 yeah which I find hard to believe because Starship Troopers is a pile of shit but that's just my opinion <laughs> man <laughs> you actually being serious <laughs> No, no, not, not the film, not the film. Oh, yeah, right, book. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Really, yeah. The book is pantalones, man. I have not read the book. Oh, oh you're blessed. Don't, you're blessed. Yeah, you're blessed. <laughs> um, and the last reference is Decker's truck has a depiction of of Sarawasti, Sarawasti, Saraswati. Sorry, that took about four goes. Saraswati. That's the name of the god. Uh, yeah. Now, apparently, um, ah, okay, here we go. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Saraswati is the Hindu goddess of knowledge, music, art, wisdom, and learning. Oh. She's part of the trinity of Swa- uh, Saraswati, uh, Lakshmi, and Parviti. Uh, all three forms help the trinity of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva to create and maintain and recycle uh, the universe, respectively. Mm. So, um, yeah, a, a bit of uh, Hinduism thrown in there. Yeah, I, I guess like all these little things like add to the kind of the, the multi, multi layers of, of Cowboy Bebop. Like I'm mm. sure people can read more into that. Like, I don't know how, but like they can, every little thing is like probably put, put there on purpose. It's not a mistake. Yeah, uh, yeah. You've got these animators like taking, flipping months and months and months to do an episode. So everything they write is very specific very mm. specifically placed there so i wonder what that actually means like why is that there mm. 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 Um, yeah it would be interesting to find out really because uh, as you said you know nothing um and certainly this is what you know rich and i have been saying since we've been doing this is mm-hmm. that nothing that you see in any of these episodes is is put in there by accident they're yeah, all yeah, trying yeah. to to tell you something about you know whether it's about the, the plot itself or whether it's about those characters and what they're like and um, you know, there's always a, a message in almost every frame. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a fascinating choice, that. But, yeah, um, yeah that's it, listeners. That's session seven finished um, in terms of the episode and such. Um, so, yeah, to round up, uh, fun episode. Uh, not necessarily essential viewing in your experience. But, yeah, it's still, there's still as I said, there's still some fun to be had. I mean, Rich was, was right and so was Jed. It is a filler episode, but... You know, you'll still get some fun out of it. There's a few yucks in there, and, and um, <laughs> as said, there's a lot more detail going on than than we realise in terms of the references. So you could definitely get a kick out of that as well. 
Yeah. Um, guys, what were your final thoughts on it? Um, for, for me, I, I, had a, I had a couple of questions about, like, the cat. Like, mm. why, why, how come the, the cat seemed anti-gravity? Like, when, when the cat first comes <laughs> in, just mm. floating through the air. And I was like, yeah. So that's one thing. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, but besides that, um, I, I think there's a lot in this episode to kind of like, obviously it's not as, like, bombastic and as, as memorable as some of the other episodes, but... Mm. Um, I think the kind of it's very now like the kind of whole thing on is it a man is it a woman like and gender identity and gender identity in general um so i think that was quite interesting to watch it with like 21st century eyes mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but but yeah i mean, I mean it's cowboy bebop it's always going to be good even, mm. even the kind of the, the lesser episodes is always going to be good yeah um, yeah yeah and and like and that kind of balletic space Thing that Spike did towards the end was just the absolute winner. Hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, thumbs up from me. Cool, Rich. You got any final thoughts? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean basically what I said at the beginning of the of this episode. Um, it, it's it's a filler episode, and it doesn't really add anything. Um, but then at the same time, you know, it, it's Cowboy Bebop, and it does add some stuff. Like it adds some stuff to the universe of of Cowboy Bebop. Um, you know, we, we're told a, a, although it's like literally just a throwaway line but we know that there's other bounty hunters out there um and they don't always end up you know in the best in the best way you know like you know like spike like it's almost like a continuation like we've seen episodes where we've seen other bounty hunters get killed in action now this is somebody who has been killed already and somebody's having to deal with a fallout from that is it that, that you know little things like that make it interesting but but like we said is it's just cowboy bebop and so there's you know even like the most lamest of episodes, if there is such a thing, the, the amount of levels to it is going to be better than the best episodes of like the shit that we get now nowadays. But that's just my opinion. So yeah, so like yeah, once again, still going peep it. It's, it's cowboy bebop. You can't go wrong, man. Hmm. I I would have I, I would have um, if they said to me, Jed, how how could you fix this? Not not that's bad. Like they, there's a few things they could have done to tweak it. And this, this is what I think they should have made. The the identity a bit more ambiguous. They shouldn't have because you can tell it's a female voice. Maybe made it a little bit deeper. Maybe in post, uh, and maybe in the in the Japanese dub it is a bit deeper. I don't, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they should have had it more like as a reveal at the end, or like towards the end, made it a bit more of a reveal. And I also maybe think the act of Spike almost sacrificing himself uh, for for VT. That should have been after the reveal because it would have been kind of cool to see him react to the fact. Oh, okay, so this is why you hate bounty hunters because they potentially killed your husband. I'm going to mm. prove you. I'm going to prove you wrong, and that not all bounty hunters are the same. And then he does that. I think it would have been a more, more of an emotional impact if it was that way around. Mm. Um, uh, but also, like the episode's called called Heavy Metal Queen, which kind of gives the game away as well. Like she is mm. VT is the Heavy Metal Queen, so there's no there's no messing around. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would have just maybe like changed the order around of a few things, uh, and maybe a bit more jet. Then would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Well, as said, um, you know, we're delighted to have Jed along with us. Um, and Jed, you're definitely going to come back on another episode, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Of course. 
wicked wicked because I've I've got a couple of horror episodes in mind for you. Nice, nice. So I can't <laughs> wait to hear your take on these. Um, but yeah, I mean, before we we kind of go, um, Jed is for those of you that that don't know, um, as said, is a, a scriptwriter and he's a movie maker as well. Um, he has some experience working in in the business, both at an independent level, and he's written scripts for Hollywood too. I'm allowed to say that, right? Uh, yeah, but, but I can't go into too much detail. Yeah, yeah. we won't go into the, yeah. the details or anything. <laughs> um, but one thing I know you can talk a little bit about with us is uh, your movie Salt, yeah. um, which is doing the festival circuit at the moment. And yeah. um, I know it was uh, shown recently at the London Film Festival and yeah. was really well received. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how, how's, how's it all going, man? Are, are you, yeah. You know, you must be super chuffed, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's been really good. Uh, this is like my my third film in a row at the London Film Festival, and like, I didn't think I'd even get like one film in the London Film Festival. So like, literally, I've, I've like made like three films, and they've all got in. And this to me, London Film Festival is like the, the biggest film festival in the world. So like, I always like try and keep it like my my feet on the ground. But sometimes I'm just like, holy moly, man! Like this is this is cool. This is cool. Um, but yeah, like so, I didn't even think Slot would get into like film festivals because we made it for Fox um, originally to to go into American Horror Story because mm. uh, they just they liked Dawn of the Death the one we did before and they said I can do this again. Uh, we want to put a short film in the middle of American Horror Story on Halloween. Um, so I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so uh, we made it and I, I wrote it with Rob, um, who is my regular collaborator, and he directed it. And um, we, and it's about a mother who has to save her daughter from a, a demonic presence in her house that keeps trying to get her. But she has to draw a short circle around her bed every night. Uh, but then one night she has to go get medicine for the kids. So she has to leave the salt circle and then chaos ensues. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, um, yeah. So, and like, we didn't know what was, what was happening with, with it. So, cause Fox, um were i mean you can imagine what what fox are like um with their, with their own property um so we we didn't think they would submit it to film festivals and then they su- started submitting it to film festivals and i was like oh this is cool mm-hmm. um so and i was like and then we were like can we put it into film festivals ourselves uh and they said yeah cool as long as like you tell us which ones they are and then we submitted it and then we got into to the ones we wanted which was really cool but it's really the london film festival the one that's just just happened now that's um the, the the big one um because you get to like hang out with your peers with other filmmakers who are like in the same boat as you having the same experiences um and yeah and just talk ideas and like network and I, i'm actually like contrary to proper popular belief i'm not very good with, like 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 with people like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not like my 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 default my default best time is by myself watching netflix in bed like the thought of having to like talk to strangers like is is not great for me, especially because th- normally strangers just don't get me. They they won't know the, my horror film references, and I'm talking about horror all the bloody time. So it was good to be in a situation at London Film Festival where these filmmakers and I was we were put into like uh, like a genre kind of strand, like they knew what I was talking about, um, and it's just like talking to like old friends as well, um, and I got to see some really good films. Um, and yeah, it's just like a it's like a, a real good feeling to to kind of be on your home turf and to kind of get the kind of respect um, for for something you've done. Um, yeah, 
and then, then then we're going to do like all the other film festivals around the world. Uh, we've been in about maybe seven or eight so far, and yeah, it'll probably go on until sometime next year. Um, but yeah, that, awesome. that's that's all. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. And I saw it, it got picked up by uh, the Prince Charles as well, so it's going to be attached to Mandy. Is that right? Yeah, like so. In, in the coming weeks, um, because we screened, we, I've screened a lot of films at. Um, Prince Charles Cinema, and they've always been really supportive with me and Rob in like projects. Um, I've did, done like um, live podcast things from there as well. Um, so actually, it was back in it was like six months ago. I was like speaking to the guy who programs it. And I was just like, we've got this like little short. We, I don't know if we're allowed to even show it anywhere, but um, like at some point, like it'd be cool to like show it at the Prince Charles, maybe before some films, and then. He's like, yeah, 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 cool, 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 cool. But, you know, it's one of those conversations where it might not come about. But then when it kind of started getting attention and it was in film festivals, um, then it kind of got more serious. So now it's going to be... So tomorrow, which is Monday the 22nd, is being shown in front of uh, a film called Death Line, which is Donald Pleasant's horror movie from the mm. 70s about uh, kind of cannibals on London Underground, which is awesome. And then Wednesday... Okay been shown in front of Wolfen, which is like this 70s werewolf movie, which mm. has uh, it's one of the first films to show um, from a monster's point of view. And you can see that the kind of like uh, infrared kind of view for like POV, first person POV. Okay. Basically. Yeah, that's like one of the first films to do it. Um, and then it's been, yeah, it's been shown in, uh, in front of Mandy, which is the Nicolas Cage film everyone's going wild about at the moment. Have you, has, has anyone seen Have you seen that yet? Um, yeah, I've seen it. Um, okay, I need to peep it as well. Okay. Yeah, it, it's good. Um, it is kind of it's, it's an experience, um, but it is good. Like it'll change you. But um, and then it's being played in front of on Halloween in front of the Evil Dead, which is like Sam Raimi's like original Evil Dead. So I'm really pleased with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the one kind of the, one of the best things is it's being played with in this kind of group called uh, like all night was like an all night marathon of like modern horror classics. So it's Get Out, um, It Follows, The Babadook, uh, A Quiet Place, and Salt. So, oh, sweet. Yeah, it's, it's good to be lumped in with those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a steam company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's it for Salt. And like, like a month ago, I, I, like I wrote and directed Multiplex, which is um, about a brother and sister in South London, kind of based on me and my sister. Uh, and that is about an urban legend in a cinema about if you watch films in a certain order in the cinema, then uh, an, another screen door will open and there's treasure there. So, and they need money fast, so they're desperate and they're just like, okay, like we heard this like crazy urban legend, let's just see if it's true. So they go into the cinema and they follow the rules of this urban legend to try and find the treasure. Um, yeah, so oh, just on that, it's in the editing process now. It stars Lewis McDougall from, um, from A Monster Calls playing The Young Me. Um, my friend Emma as my sister, uh, and Victoria Yates, who's in the new um, blah, 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 Harry Potter movie, Fantastic Beast movie, uh, and a whole bunch of other people from the other films I've done, Dawn of the Death, and etc. So that's coming up. And then, yeah, got features, got the um, next year, Dawn, well, I think I kind of, I kind of, kind of like announce it, but like it's, it's been coming. Everyone knows it. So Dawn of the Death movie is going to come out. We're going to announce the details about that soon. Um, and then we have other features. 
on the go that I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so keeping myself busy and, cre- and creative good, for the good. upcoming future, yeah. Oh, and I'm at Comic-Con. Uh, I'm, at, uh, I'm presenting, a, hosting a panel at Comic-Con this weekend. Uh, sorry, the next weekend. Um, I'm doing a werewolf panel <laughs> for some werewolf oh, film. Oh, yeah, I saw you tweet about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I just posted, like, my favourite werewolf movie is Ginger Snaps 2. And that's legit. That's not just me, like, guessing. That's, um, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Ginger Snaps 2. I, to be honest, I, I may have, but I I only really vividly remember Ginger Snaps, the first yeah. one. Um, yeah, everyone does. Ginger but like, honestly, Ginger Snaps too. It's so clever, and it plays yeah. around with like the, the werewolf law. Um, so uh, yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah, so I'm afraid I'm probably doing some other stuff Saturday and Sunday because there's lots of like horror people there. So I assume I'm going to be doing that while you guys are in Paris Comic Con, living it up large. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Paris! Yeah. Paris. Here we come. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your uh, post-Paris uh, podcast about it. Yeah, yeah, we're going to geek out about that for sure. We're going to try and um, record some stuff while we're there as well. Yeah. Um, just to give you our reactions to, to different things. So, can you, can you find something out for me? Yeah. Does does everyone cosplay Pepe Le Pew out there, or <laughs> <laughs> and just like characters from Hello Hello? I'll be sure to ask the first Frenchman I can find. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, are you Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> yeah. Lots <laughs> of Vicky Michelle's out there. <laughs> uh, cool, cool. Well, Jed, man, as always, yeah. it's a, a pleasure to have you on, dude. Um, yeah. And it said we will have you back on the Bebop Rewatch. Yeah, please do, man. Um, because we, in fact, let's make it a trilogy because there's two yeah. episodes that okay. I really want to get your take on. Um, on. Yeah, yeah. Enough. So. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to have uh, Jed return to us. Um, before we wrap it up, Jed, where can people find you on social media and yeah. find out more about what you're doing? They can find me at Jed Shepherd on Instagram and Twitter, which is J E D S H E P H E R D. And that's me on everything. Um, yeah, that's it, really. You can see my cool. crazy, weird life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us listeners. Thanks a lot for joining us on this episode. Um, Before we go, actually, I should probably mention as well that we do have um, the Wulong Talks podcast, uh, which, I mean, if you're listening to this, you should be listening to Wulong Talks as well. If not, why not? But you can find it wherever you found this episode. Just make sure you look into our library on that specific channel and you will find all of our Willow Talks episodes. We recently had a a sit down with uh, Dan from Dan's Distillery and it was a lot of fun. So uh, make sure you go and check that out as well. All right, we're out of here. So I'm going to say good night. Rich Kid, say good night. Good night. And Jed, say good night. Good night. And we're out of here, people. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the Brickpod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 